0: Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with The Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up and close in person with some amazing rising artists, and today we've got an awesome show for you, because I always say that, because we always have them, and we got Sonny Sweeney coming on. She's done some great things. She's doing some great things, and we're excited to hear parts of her story and talk about some music. So, Sonny, are you here?
1: Yes, I am.
0: How are you doing today? I'd always like to start I'm- with, where, what's your mood with everything that's going on?
1: You know, I've kind of gotten to a point almost of it being comical at this point because mm-hmm. yesterday was five months since I've been off the road, which is the longest I've ever, ever <laughs> been oh, wow. off the road. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I'm trying to find some humor in it at least, but I think I'm settling into like some kind of a pattern. I'm not sure what the pattern is yet, but settling the, into the something.
0: whole. Pa- the hard part may be when we finally go back to at least semi-normal, because because you know a lot of people they've been sitting at home doing yeah. almost nothing. The ones that are like that who are doing nothing are go, they're going to be in a, for a rude awakening when all of a sudden they have to go back to that sixty-hour week.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean we we have definitely not been doing nothing. We've been actually
0: That's really true.
1: really um, yeah we made a live record and we're about to go into the studio and make a studio record. And we started um, a book that I've wanted to do for a long time oh, and cool. live streams and I mean, writing out lyric sheets and like there's been a whole bunch of stuff that I've actually, I've actually been really, really busy during all this. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bored by any means. I just really miss touring so much.
0: Yes. Yeah, because I, I mean, once you've been that. doing it for so long, it's like it becomes a pattern, and it's like, okay, now you're out of that, and you just feel like lost. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I don't. I, there's a lot of days where you know I'll sleep till <laughs> twelve or one, and wake up and be like, oh God, I slept till twelve or one, and then I'm like, well, I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> I not have anything to do. That's true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, as we get started here, um tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a kind of a brief overview of you uh, your elevator pitch story. I'm <laughs> bored. Oh,
1: I try to avoid those at all possible being in an elevator with someone um, <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, I mean, my name is Sunny Sweeney, and I was born in Houston, grew up in Longview, Texas, and I've lived in Austin now um for twenty years and um I started doing music about, I think, 18 years ago, and kind of like the only thing that I know. It's the only job I've never been fired from, so that's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely a plus, not getting fired, right? (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So I like to always start light. Um, So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music?
1: Um, I, well, I have an elliptical. I like riding my elliptical. I don't really have a hobby necessarily. Um
2: mm-hmm.
1: Practicing my guitar is a hobby, I guess. Um But it's also a job. <laughs> so kind of goes, to <laughs> mind, I mean, I I need to get better at it. Um But I mean, really like hobby wise, I don't like make a thing or, you know, I don't have like a craft, you know. Thing that I do, like yeah. you know, a lot of my like make needle point and stuff like that. Like I don't know how mm-hmm. to do any of that. Um, but I honestly just spend time with my dog. I have a little dog that's a little Yorkie, and I just said that, and he looked up at me. I think he knows the word Yorkie. Yeah, he just did it again. Aww, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I spend a lot of time with him, and you know, as much time with my family and my friends that I can. You know, and. Mm-hmm. We Mm -hmm. used to go out to eat all the time for fun, and so now we've started getting food to go. So that's kind of, you know, what we do just in, like, spare time. That's what I think of as a hobby. Like, what do I do in my spare time? Which normally I don't really have a lot of spare time, so that's why I don't really have one to speak of,
2: you know? Right. Um,
1: But, but, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we all kind of in this business, I think, use As much as you can to try to get better at your Mm -hmm. craft, you know.
0: Yeah, almost definitely. I mean, I guess you could say we kind of practice at what we do because we're we're doing like two interviews a day, almost every day, six days a week. So um, every day, I guess we get better. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully (laughs) you you have to
1: practice makes perfect.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what would you say is something quirky about you? Quirky.
1: Um. (laughs) <laughs> uh, where do I begin um,
2: <laughs>
1: I think honestly like I have a weird thing with locking my doors um, like I'll literally check my door if my dog's home if, if I have my dog with me I don't normally mm-hmm. check them as much but if I'm leaving my dog at home I will literally check my door probably 30 times to make sure that it's locked oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I I it. my dog that's my biggest right. fear, is him getting out,
0: you know? Oh, yeah. yes. I mean, pets are our family. family. They, oh,
1: they are.
2: He's my child.
0: So at what age did you know that you could build a career out of music? Because you know that some people have a date to where they knew that they wanted to do music, but what was when was it when you knew that this could actually be a career? Um,
1: you know... I sang for the first time in public, like, in fourth grade, and I remember feeling kind of like a weird feeling, like, oh, my God, this is cool. Like, I remember thinking that, but then I never did mm-hmm. anything, you know, in church choir and stuff, and then at school and, you know, certain choirs, and then I, then I did musical theater, and I kind of always wanted to be on Broadway, to be honest. Like, I wanted to do, like, you know, musicals on Broadway. That was, like, my dream. Um, and then I moved to New York, and, you know, that whole scene is just, it was like a little girl from East Texas <clears throat> moved to New York City being like, what in the hell is happening here? Um, <laughs> but then, you know, after that, um, I went back to college. That was on a break from college. Then I went back to college, I got a degree in public relations and realized, like, well, maybe I should do this job I can be in the entertainment industry but not have to be in the cutthroat part of it as much you know and then Mm
2: -hmm. it came
1: time to get a job when I graduated and I had zero interest in getting a real job and so really it wasn't (laughs) until after college that I like I think I had a job for 21 days and it wasn't even in PR it was just at this job and and I was just not happy and I knew that that wasn't what I was cut out to do and so I went back Mm -hmm. to my stepdad had offered to teach me guitar when I was like a child and was like, Hey, we teach me guitar. Like, I don't want to do this kind of job. And so he taught me guitar, and then I threw this random band together and had a gig like two weeks later, and I never looked back. So that's kind of what oh, happened. Wow.
0: I really <clears throat> love that story where people just take a chance and say, You know what? Let's just do it. Let's just see what happens and then go. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I didn't so as take no for <laughs> as you know, it's really tough out there in the industry and you've been able to make it a career. What drives you to keep that going, especially in this day and time?
1: I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know really how to do anything else to me. To me, it's like, I, I'm not taking over no an answer because I don't know how to do anything else. Or I'm sure I know how to do other things, but like, I feel like I'm good
2: at this. So, mm-hmm. Mhm. Um,
1: to me, it's just kind of, mm, I don't know. I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to like sacrifice my happiness. I would rather, I yeah. guess what I'm saying is rather be, you know, not know. I would guess I would rather not know the outcome of what was going to happen mm-hmm. and be doing that I like rather than knowing yeah. the outcome, where my next check's coming from Um. You know what I'm saying? Like I would, I would rather just go mm -hmm, on faith and be like, "Oh, this is what I need to be doing."
0: um, (laughs) I mean, I always always tell people, and I always tell people too that um, I would rather die broke than to wonder what if.
1: Well, yeah, and that's kind of how I look at anything in life. Like I I really, Mm -hmm. truly have always been one of those that just kind of flies around my pants. I just, I like. (laughs) I like found this to be very interesting as soon as I started doing it, and it was something that I felt really comfortable, you know, doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt mm-hmm. comfortable with it, and I was like, "Oh, this is what I need to be doing." And it was just kind of like a no brainer to me.
0: <clears throat> and you know, it's kind of perfect leadway into the next part that we always like to go to. One, you know, we'll talk about the highs in a minute, but one thing I like to do on the show. Talk about the sacrifice You know a lot of people They see the glory But they don't see The grind of the artist They see like The Blake Shelton's Out there and, But they don't see The grind And the sacrifices It takes to get To that point point. And I like to bring out That side of it Because I think People need to hear that um, <clears throat> I'll tell a little story That helped guide us Into that point But back in 2014 We interviewed Allison Steele From Two Still Girls And at that time They were full time With music And one of the questions I asked Allison Was what had been coming artists and she said if you're she said this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music go do that and keep music as a hobby she says because the day you want it to be a career everything has to change you have to think different you have to eat different you have to exercise different you have to sleep different because you have to be different than the world she goes you, you no longer have um, weekends off. You no no longer have holidays off. That's when your best gigs come. And friends and family never understand that. They think, oh, you you're you're avoiding them, and you're not. You're you're trying to make this career happen, and you're all in. And she said, there's days where you don't want to sing, but you got to get on that stage anyway, and smile like it's no tomorrow. She says, but oh, yeah, if your heart, <laughs> she said, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music then go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit.
1: hundred percent true. Like, honestly, I mean, I've missed my grandparents' funerals. I've missed all of my friends' weddings. I've missed all of my nieces and nephews growing up. Like, you know, I have a song that's out right now about this exact Mm thing. Like it's about Mm -hmm. being on the road and missing everything at home. And, and it's not because I don't want to be there, but like, it's, and my my you know, my family understands to some extent yeah. you know, like if I have to miss Thanksgiving or if mm-hmm. I have to miss Christmas or, you know, something, but like that's how we make our money is touring and certainly not in record sales anymore and and yeah. I'm kind of on the same page as as what she said because I feel like there are a lot of people out there in this world that wanna do this just for the fame or just for the fortune mm-hmm. or whatever the, you know mm-hmm. mindset may be. But like I'm doing it because it's all I a know how to do and that I feel like I'm good mm-hmm. at. And, and I love music with every ounce of my being. And like, it's the one thing that's been a constant in my life, my whole life. And um, it's gotten me through so much. And, mm-hmm. and like, you know, divorces, I've been married and divorced twice, which is not anything I'm proud oh, of, wow. but I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I've, I've had a, a really, you know, tough, um, go of it in that department
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so um,
2: <laughs> but
1: like but you know you do have to I mean even going through a divorce I mean you have to still stand on stage and act like I mean your fans don't care if you're going through a divorce they may care but like they, they come to your show yeah. to mm-hmm. cut loose for 90 minutes they don't right. they want go to see uh-huh. you yeah. so even when you want to escape you can't escape Um. so like I just kind of learned how to tune it out and and I preach that to my guys, too. I'm like, don't bring your, your personal life to work. Like, you can be upset mm-hmm. about it afterwards, but if <laughs> I'm not bringing my personal life to work, you don't bring your personal <clears throat> life to work, you know? And yes. and I feel like that's um, a really good way to look at it, you know?
0: Yeah. So, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you're talking about that it's all you really know. I, I definitely know which, where you're coming from on that note because I feel like the only thing I'm good at is talking. <laughs> it's like I told my <laughs> wife years ago that if I could ever get paid to talk, we'd be rich. <laughs> yeah, I was like,
3: yeah, you're probably
0: right.
2: Because
0: <laughs> cause in 17 years, you know, we've been married 17 years, and we never knew that this would become a valuable thing. But through the 17 years, we would be on the streets and stuff talking, and and I'd run into people, and I'm not talking running into to um, people we know. I'm talking strangers here. And if, we're, and if I get two minutes in a conversation, she almost always knows we're there sixty minutes, and she would and she'd almost roll her eyes sometimes she knows we're going to be there for a while, and I've done that thousands yeah. and and tha- <laughs> what's funny is I've done that thousands <laughs> of times in the seventeen years of marriage, and here we are having 60 minute conversations with a bunch of different artists, never never even realized that we were preparing for this moment, yeah. yeah. That's
1: true, i never thought about it like that, but yeah, you're right
0: <laughs> and see everything you've done in your past is preparing for this moment right now even even the even the divorces as bad as that is, is preparing you to build that career on top of that
1: exactly and and I feel like a lot of
0: the choices that
1: I've made in my life um, mm-hmm. have led to you know songs not that I'm you know
2: exactly proud
1: of that. I've learned to Mm -hmm. you that have happened to me in songs because I'm not the only person that's gone through a divorce. I mean my fans have gone through a divorce, you know, so
2: Mm -hmm. I'm fine that they
1: can they can relate to it, you know.
0: That's right. I mean that's just like we talk a lot about I went through nineteen years of addictions until I felt like God healed me twelve years ago, but the first five years was hell on my wife because of that. But she never put me down. She just loved me through that. Than that season yeah. of our marriage and we mm-hmm. talk about that a lot and, and and when I talk about it it's not that I'm trying to brag about it it's just I know there are other people that's in that situation
1: yeah I mean every I mean there's <clears throat> it's kind of like when whenever I have like a song idea sometimes I'm even scared to like mention it because it's so personal to whoever I'm writing it mm-hmm. with and mm-hmm. you and then someone goes, "Oh, wait! I've been through that." And then, then you go, "Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I wrote that, got my test." And then, okay, I'll try it at a songwriter's night. And then you do that, and then a fan will come up and say, "Wow, <laughs> I, I read that." And then just like it validates, mm-hmm. it validates, um, it validates like your your art. I mean, for lack of a better yeah, word, mm-hmm. like yeah. somebody's relating to it, you know.
0: You can mm-hmm. definitely tell why we have our tagline. next called "Up Close and Personal," huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey,
1: I'm I, I'm an open book. I mean, like honestly, like there's
0: <laughs>
1: my my mouth has gotten in trouble.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> uh,
0: Sandy, will tell you, my mouth has gotten me in trouble. So I've learned to tone oh, it down over the years. But yeah. There, there were have. many times years ago that where if something political would come up, oh, my God, look out. I'm on it. Now I've learned to pick my battles. I'm like, you that's know right. what? I like peace.
1: <laughs> there's, I, will, yeah. I will not talk about politics or religion. Like, that's exactly. just not ever. But there is a Absolutely. way to drama on either side that goes along with it. And I, I would rather just, you know, have people like me for what I do, which is my music. I'm not a politician, yep. not a preacher, so yeah, why would I talk about
0: that's right. And and that's good because, you know, you're just talking about your story, they're talking about what people go through, and that's what people want to hear.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's and that's like they they come to your show to to let loose, you know. They're not coming to your show mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. hear me talk about what my political views are. I mean, they they don't no. like
0: you know.
3: Yeah. That's right. It's about the music, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, now that we
0: talked about some of the now that we talked about some of the sacrifices let's t- let's talk about how it's worth it now. What are some moments where when you look back, you're like, "Wow, I got to do that."
1: Oh God, the list is terribly long um,
2: <laughs> well
1: <laughs> as, as a child, I mean, I've always listened to country music you know my whole life um but there have been a select few rock acts that have been just essential like like quite like things have happened in my life regarding these, you know, these certain mm-hmm. artists. Mm-hmm. Um, Stevie Nicks is one. I think she's just the rock goddess of all rock. Um and then Tom Petty of course and my you know, my family all love Tom Petty and um Stevie mm-hmm. Nicks and and then Bob Seeger. And Bob Seeger is like the the ultimate rock god, you know, I mean, he's just a yeah. rock star, mm-hmm. and yeah. so, he called me last year, a little, maybe, I don't remember when we were out with him, but he called me one right. day, and he was like, he was like, hey, we booked some shows, and keep in mind, I'm a country singer from Texas, okay, so I'm like,
2: yeah. you know, <laughs> we play
1: with and and my manager calls and goes, hey, I got you some gigs with Bob Seger, and I literally hung up on him and was like, shut up, <laughs> I gotta go. Like wow. I'm
2: fine.
1: <laughs> was ridiculous, and and then he called, you know, called me back and goes, no, I'm dead serious, like you're going out with Bob Seger, and I, oh, uh, I, I said, are wow. you kidding me? I know that's what I said, and so we went out on this one <laughs> right with him, and. And it's like, I was, I don't really get nervous. Like I, I'm not like a nervous person. And mm-hmm. um, I was so nervous to play these shows because I was thinking, what the hell am I doing here on a, a, the rock God stage as a country band? Like, what am I doing? Like I literally, until the moment the lights came on, that's what I was thinking. And uh-huh. and so I, I kind of had like the whole, like, what songs am I even going to do? Like, I mean, I kind of yeah. wanted to like play to his crowd and like, be like, Oh, you know, what songs am I going to do? And
2: oh, <laughs> gosh. And I was
1: like a wreck about it. And so, um, we did, I, I finally was like, well, let's just do our countryest ones, I guess. I mean, they, they want me there. So, you know, they, yeah. they asked me to be here. It wasn't like they were, you know, fighting a country act being there. They asked me to be there. And yeah. so I thought, well, I guess if he likes what I do, then I'm just going to do what I do. And we did, um, <laughs> the countryest song we have first, and his fans loved it, and I was seriously no shocked, like, standing up and clapping when we were done, and it just blew me away, and so then that tour ended, and then, you know, we went home, and then um a couple months later, my manager called back and goes, they want you back out with them, and I was like, what? <laughs> I
2: was thinking, whoa.
1: <laughs> so oh, wow. we went back. We went back out with him, and um, I got a couple minutes to talk to Bob um, during that tour, and and I said, hey, um, I just wanted to let you know that my mom thinks that you're the reason that I have marriage problems, and he goes, do what? <laughs> and I said, I said, she made me listen to Against the Wind on repeat when I was like six years old, so. <laughs> and so <laughs> he, started, he started laughing really hard, and then he finished laughing, and he's like, Oh, are you serious? I was like, Oh, I'm dead serious. And so then he started laughing again. And um, so, so that was that was clearly like one of those oh my god moments. And then like obviously playing the Grand Ole Opry, I've played the Grand Ole oh, Opry wow. fifty times. So that was kind of oh, um, wow. you know, one of those. What moments was that
0: first too. one like? Oh,
1: I've got it on. I've got it what, recorded. You don't even want to know. It's what, terrible.
0: When, when you I was, walked out there, I mean, what was that moment? To you before you walked in, as you were walking up to the circle. What was that feeling like?
1: Well, so the first time I played at it, it was at the Opry House, which is they. It's not a, That's not the Ryman. Um, mm-hmm. The Opry House is the big, you know, the big venue outside of town, and yeah, um, and they have the circle cut out from the original Ryman floor on the Grand Ole Opry. Mm-hmm. So the circle is essentially still there. But, um, yeah. mm-hmm. when I got there, I had 51 people that came from my family from Texas and okay. I only got to sing one, I only got to sing one time and yeah. our one song and little Jimmy Dickens was who introduced me. And mm-hmm. I remember kind of being like, wow, I'm singing at the Opry. I mean,
0: wow. What is <laughs> It's March 2nd,
1: 2, 2007 and, um. And I was like, Wow, I can't believe this. Wow, wow, wow and then I started walking out towards the microphone and my heart started beating so fast when I saw Jimmy Dickens standing there and he had just like introduced me and said my name and anyway mm-hmm. I I was so nervous that I couldn't get a breath. Like I, I literally couldn't oh, wow. breathe. I was nervous. <laughs> um and so I was I was just a wreck and I was crying and everything and, and it was just terrible. <laughs> but but then afterwards I walked off stage and I talked to Pete Fisher who used to be the manager at the Opry. And I was like, so sorry. I was crying. He's like, that's okay. <laughs> he goes, next time I'll give you two songs, not just one. And then I started crying again. Cause I was like, there's going to be a next time.
2: <laughs> like, I thought I had
1: screwed it up too bad to ever let me come back. But he was, um, he was really, really uh, little Jimmy Dickens was really nice to me. And I met him multiple times over the years until his death, you know, um mm-hmm. after that and he would always call me Little Sunny. He'd be like, Well if little if this ain't Little Sunny and he'd like walk uh-huh. by my dressing room and then he mm-hmm. had this steel guitar player named Pee Wee that was really sweet to me and those guys out at the Opry have always been really, really kind. So um that those two are probably the top two moments of my life going like
2: wow. Aside
1: from being able to travel, I mean
3: we've mm-hmm. traveled
1: all over the world like I think I've been to, like, 20 countries or something, like, just because of music, uh, and, yeah, yeah, and, like, I'm from East Texas, like, that doesn't happen, (laughs) you know what I mean, and so (laughs) whenever I'm getting on a plane to go to, you know, Norway or Finland or Japan or, Mm -hmm. you know, Germany or Switzerland or France or Italy or any of these places, like Amsterdam or you know, Copenhagen, any of these places I've been, I'm getting on a plane, boarding the plane, looking down at my boarding pass, going, oh, I cannot believe I'm getting to go here. Like it still shocks me.
2: Yeah, well,
1: because because well. it's like I mean, it's what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean it's like I feel like, you know, God is kind of like he has the plan for you your whole life anyway.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So my mom always goes, Well he knows he <laughs> you're knew just in he the were middle gonna, of it. Yeah, I'm just kinda like hanging out going like, Cool, I'm going to Japan. What? <laughs> we we were in the air we were literally in the air going to Japan and two of the guys in my band are from really small towns too and we always laugh about it and one of them's from a small town in Oklahoma and one's from another small town in Texas and us three always talk about like man did you ever think we would be did you ever think you'd be sitting (laughs) in New York City at like this like tiny little cafe and like see Tom Waits walk by or whatever it is you know like some random thing and 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 we're like no this doesn't happen to people like us you know like it's just so Mm -hmm. bizarre and and, you know all of us love traveling and I think I think most people in the music industry if you don't love traveling you're in the wrong career you know because
0: most
3: definitely yeah Mm
2: -hmm. I was
1: a wreck when this whole COVID thing (laughs) happened because yeah because my suitcase literally stays packed I still have two empty suitcases in my bedroom, but at least they're empty. But like I refuse mm-hmm. to put them up mm-hmm. because I keep thinking every day that my manager is going to call me and be like, just kidding. This is all a joke. Wake up to it. We're going to work, you know, but, um, it took me until May 20th. I got home February 29th and mm. it, and we were supposed to go back out on the road May, uh, March 13th. Um, but we didn't obviously. So, so we had been out since like November and we came home mm-hmm. February 29th, and um, we were just going to get, like, a two-week little recharge and be, like, ready to go again, and um, so, yeah, it took me till mid-May to unpack my suitcase, because I, I get uncomfortable oh, when wow. I have my <clears throat> suitcases packed, you mm-hmm. know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're so used my to friends,
1: it. My friends will always say, like, how do you, because usually they're in my living room, because I'm, you know, I'm just kind of like that, but... Um, <laughs> And, and and I don't really care because I live by myself so it's not like anyone's stepping mm-hmm. over it except me but um yeah but my friends come over and go my god why do you always have your suitcases packed isn't it hard <laughs> to live out of a suitcase and I'm like isn't it hard not to like I only have three options <laughs> yeah. in the suitcase
0: I have a lot less <laughs> getting
1: ready time than you do you know
0: yeah, yeah. I love that and and we totally get about, like, Sandy, she's from a town of, like, 500 people in Kentucky. So she's always oh, like, I yes. can't cool. believe that we're running a crazy podcast here, but we get to talk to people yeah. like you. We've had Don McLean come on the other day. We've had Cassidy Polk come on. We've had um, Carlene Carter, Anna Christina Cash, um, oh, Jenny Gill. Cool. So we got all, all these people coming on our show, and me and Sandy are like, okay, God, this must be in the cards yeah. here. <laughs>
3: Like, how is this happening? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I feel like things happen to you that are supposed to happen to you. That's kind of the way I've always looked at everything.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I, you Because know, mm-hmm. cause we're sitting here, again, we pinch ourselves almost every night. And, and Sandy's always been a dreamer within music. She wanted to be in music in some way, form. And yeah. I found a way for us to be all in without us having to sing. Because <laughs> nobody wants That's to hear true. that. That's true no that was
1: was the whole point about the public relations degree too was I thought you know I have Mm -hmm. a degree in public relations with a minor in editing and English and Mm -hmm. and so I always thought well I can write press releases and do PR and like do entertainment PR for like celebrities that would be really fun and it would keep me in (laughs) the industry and I wouldn't have to be like in the cutthroat part of it even though Mm that's probably cut too but but then, really, once I started doing this, I was like, I don't care if it's cutthroat. Like, I'm a good person, and I know that I'm making good choices. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and I have yeah. met some amazing people in my life, like I'm, I mean, seriously, like blow my mind, amazing people and friends in this business that are so willing to help. And you know, you know, I, I mean, this okay. business is based on a hundred percent based on relationships, in my opinion, and a little mm-hmm. bit of luck. Mm-hmm. So, and, Yep. A little bit of talent and if you screw relationships or you're not good at making relationships then you also don't need to be in this business because that's true you know never ever know when somebody that you met 12 years ago and made a good impression on maybe somebody that you need to talk to about something you're doing in 2025 you
2: know what i mean like so yeah um mm-hmm. and
1: people me randomly to do the same thing and I feel like it's tit for tat I love helping people if I can and I feel like yeah. that's reciprocated pretty nicely to me you know with people always been really helpful to me and like when there's young artists that ask you know can you help me I'm like oh god you don't want my help but yeah if you really want my help I'll help you
2: <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> so I don't know what you're
1: asking me but yeah if you really think about me like that then yes I'll help you <laughs>
0: I love that attitude, and, and again, we get about the relationships. We've formed so many relationships in Nashville now that we've changed our whole plan because we – I mean, we live in Savannah, Georgia, and we were mm-hmm. planning on probably moving to Florida next year. Well, we're moving to Nashville next year. We done change. I mean, this whole show has done changed everything for
1: us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, good.
2: Good.
0: So – and here we are. You know, again, you know – we love what we do. I can't imagine not doing. it. Like I told you before the show, we're you know we're doing about two shows a day now, six days a week. We try to take Sundays off, but this Sunday we actually got an interview because every now and then an artist says, "Well, can you do Sunday?" And I'm like, oh, okay, let's get yes. <laughs> let's get you in there because <laughs> 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 we just love doing this. Yeah, I we mean do. you have to
1: doing. I mean. I mean, I guess you don't have to love what you're doing. It makes it a lot easier if you do, you know? Mm-hmm. It does. Man. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to play your song, Poet's Prayer, and I love that song. And then we'll come you. back and talk about that. How's that sound? Thank you. All right, hang on the line here.
3: All right, I'll be here. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast, you can find them over at the com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast that song. Oh yes, me
0: too. Great song.
1: Thank y'all very much.
0: <clears throat> Such a powerful song. Like you were saying earlier about that 'cause I I know you were talking about that song. So powerful in the way y'all live. And it's funny, I, I joke with with um Sandy earlier. I so, said, you know, we will just live the gypsy life but together. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There I mean there's there's something to be said for you know, people that do this job. I mean, like my mom and my manager are the only mm-hmm. few people probably that don't tour with me that know what I go through, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I
1: mean, my friends, my friends are all very supportive and my friends and my family all love what I do. But like, as far as actually understanding what we go through and how tired it makes us, and, like, mm-hmm. I, I've been a zombie for, like, 18 years. I mean, like, I, I'm a yeah. walking, functioning zombie. I mean, that's kind of my life. And and I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything. I'm so overslept yeah. mm-hmm. right now. Like, yeah. I've had so much sleep in the last five <laughs> months. I, I don't think I'll ever sleep again, you know.
2: When we go yeah. back down the
1: road, I'm going to be like <laughs> the Energizer bunny. I'm going to be like, ah, give me work. Um, yes, <laughs> But but I mean, it's something to be said for my friends that do this job. All my artist friends, like they know exactly what I'm going through, you know. And yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's a it's a real nice camaraderie that you know I can call and bounce stuff off them. They call bounce stuff off me, and it's good. I like it.
0: That's really cool. And it's great to have friendships like that. One of the things I like to do on the show too is um. You know, a lot of a lot of people, they see the artists, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the managers, the producers, any of that. They don't see the behind-the-scenes people, and I feel like the behind-the-scenes people don't get enough recognition at all. So I always like to allow the artists a couple minutes to just tell us the team behind you that helps you be who you are.
1: Well, my team doesn't want to be named or talked about, so,
0: <laughs> I mean, I work with <laughs>
1: True Grit management and talent, but, I mean, they're all really great, and, you know, but then, like, my band is who I owe most everything to, honestly, I mean, mm-hmm. they, you know, they're the ones out there humping it with me, and, you know, <laughs> doing doing the load-ins and the load-outs and the late nights. you know? Um, they're trusting in you. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, we do a lot of the legwork through, you know, all the True Grit guys and girls, they... We do a lot of the legwork for, for, for us, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they do every, all my online stuff. They do all of that. So it's kind of self-contained over there.
0: Yeah. Makes it easier on you. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so tell us a mom story where your mom, and I'm sure she, you probably have many of these, but just something that stands out when you think when I t- ask this, a mom story where she went above and beyond. And you're like, wow, she really gets, this is my passion.
1: <laughs> Again, the stories like abound. Um, she, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. the one the one that sticks out is, I'm trying to think, um, God, when was this? Uh, probably like 2004, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Or five, mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. In Austin, we don't get cold weather ever you know, and Mm -hmm. ever, like it's
3: cold for like (laughs)
1: one day, you know, or two days. And so anyway, during the winter, they still have outdoor gigs here. And so we booked a gig like in, you know, December outside and nobody thought anything about it. And Mm -hmm. we all go to the gig. Well, there's like this cold front that moved in and my mom and her friend Donna, they were like, we're going to come. It's an outdoor gig at this place called Cindy's Gone Hog Wild, okay? And mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. anyway, so we get there and then this cold front moves in and I was like, "Oh no, like I'm not dressed for this, like whatever, I don't have a jacket." And so my mom and Donna were coming and when they showed up, this this uh stage was outdoors like a million miles from the from the bar itself, you know, like outside like 50 yards away you know Mm
2: -hmm. from Mm -hmm.
1: from okay from the actual building to the stage and my mom and Donna come and they were the only kid not kidding you the only two people that were outside and this was like a
0: humongous
1: (coughs) stage and venue okay Mm -hmm. and it was so cold that my mom went to her car and got coats out of her car my entire band wore my mother's jackets on stage and we had, wow. had to <laughs>
3: like
1: I told my mom I was like y'all need to leave so the bar won't think anybody's here because the bar was making us play because my mom and Donna were there and That's I was funny. like I was, then we won't have to play And my mom's like no I want to hear you play <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was so mad was like go away and she wouldn't leave and so but in retrospect like I'm so glad she was there like they I mean you know they've all they've mm-hmm. been at all my all the time and you know they were there in the very beginning going like
2: oh my god mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and, you know
0: I can tell your family we are two, we consider our show like a family affair and we kind of have a third co-host our eight-year-old we let him come on and ask one question to each artist and he loves it when we got a Seventeen-month-old daughter that, when she gets old enough, would be plugging her into. <laughs> oh,
2: that's cute. <clears throat> and
0: his that's name's Christopher.
3: Needed. Here he is with his question. Hi, Tony. What's your favorite food? Hi, Christopher. How are you?
1: Um, my favorite food is. Well, can I only pick one? <laughs> <laughs> Can
2: I pick two, Christopher? Uh, yes, you can take two. pick two. Okay, I'll take two.
1: Cheeseburgers. I want a cheeseburger from Waterburger. That's one. And Vietnamese food. Those are my two favorite foods.
0: And what's yours, though, Chris?
1: Pizza. Okay, that's my third favorite. Okay, that was what I was choosing. <laughs> I was choosing between that and the Whataburger hamburger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yeah, he comes Bye. and goes.
1: Nice to meet you.
0: <laughs> and, and what's funny is sometimes we'll be watching videos of artists that we've had on the show, and if they mention mm-hmm. our show, they usually mention him. So they, so yes. apparently he's our secret weapon.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. apparently so. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about?
1: Uh, hands down, Waylon Jennings,
0: and
1: oh, wow. I would want to write any song that he would want to write. I mean, literally, like
2: <laughs> he did. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love every song that you know, it, it, well, I love every song that he sang, but so mm-hmm. you know, he didn't. He, uh, Billy Joe Shaver wrote a lot of the songs that got me into Waylon Jennings, um, mm-hmm. but I. I feel like as an artist, Waylon made those songs like his own, so yeah. I didn't know that he didn't write those songs, you know, until I got older and yeah. songwriting and stuff. But but I would love to write with Waylon Jennings if he was still alive. Man, that would be amazing.
0: So if he was still alive, what would you ask him? What would be the first question?
1: How are you so cool? <laughs> <laughs> He's so cool that ever, like I know people that knew him. they were like, you don't even understand how cool he was, like just the well, coolest guy ever yeah, mm-hmm.
0: oh, well. yeah, yeah, and see one of the people that I look kind of look up to is Johnny Cash and I guess probably because of his addictions With you know, like I told you, I went through 19 years of addiction, so it's I've got like this crazy I, connection with Johnny I wish he was still around so I could meet him one day, but you know, one day in yes. meet yes, <laughs> that's right
1: yeah he he's a pretty he's a pretty good influence on me too and also Merle Haggard and um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Loretta I oh, mean there's yes. a ton of people that I look up to but if I could only choose one I would say Waylon just because I want to yes. sit in his yeah. presence mm-hmm. and look up some coolness wow. if I can if I have zero of that myself and I would love to have that rub off on me <laughs> <laughs> <There you go. laughs>
0: so what is a song that you've heard out there. And there's probably many, so um I get that. But something that you know, again, this is one of them questions where first thing that kinda of pops in your head, but what's a song out there that you've heard where you kinda of like, I wish I wrote that.
1: Oh God. I mean there's every every day I hear one of those. Um <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> I want that one. <laughs> Lori McKenna is probably my favorite songwriter of all time. Um and she
2: mm-hmm.
1: um she has so many I guess time I've wasted um, let me think. I mean, there's I know, hers would probably be.
3: Geez, God, I love that song though.
1: Time I've wasted is mm-hmm. probably my favorite of hers. But then, like,
3: mm-hmm.
1: she has a song mm-hmm. called Number Fours so That's amazing. And um, oh uh, geez, um, there's so many good. There's so many good songs. Yeah. I mean, you can't make
0: me to just pick one. But like,
1: if I had to just pick one, <laughs> that
2: one. Yeah.
0: So, who are some artists, you know, as a friend, you know, you, you like you said earlier, you've got a lot of friends that are up-and-coming artists, too. What's one or two artists that you know that fans should know?
2: Uh, let's
1: see. Hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of my friends are really great.
2: Um...
1: Erin Enderlin is wonderful. Have you heard of her? I mean, she's yeah. she's an amazing she's writer. We we used yeah. to write years and, years and years and years ago in Nashville. That's how we met was just writing <laughs> and and then we've become really great. But I mean, I love her voice when she sings. Like it is just powerful, and her high notes. Like because she's does she's not like a high. It's hard it's hard to explain. Like she sings in the same register that I sing in, but like she hits these notes that are so high, that are so strong and beautiful. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, she's, she's a complete badass. Like she's amazing.
0: Yeah. So, I love that. Sure. <clears throat> so I'm about to ask a question and I have a purpose for the way I word this. And I'll explain that right after I ask it. Um, if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would 100% come true. Where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking that is we asked that same question to Kelsey Ballerini five years ago this past February. It was five-year anniversary of us asking that. And that was before people really knew who she was. She had, I think she had a top 20, top 30 at that time. I think it was number 28 on, the, on her first single when, she, when we interviewed her. And what she told us then is almost to the T of what she's living now. Now, that would be pre-COVID, of course.
2: <laughs> Everything mm-hmm, yeah. stays since
0: COVID. But she's pretty much lived what she – if all bets were off and it would come true, where are you going to be in five years?
1: Well, I probably won't – I'll probably answer this in a roundabout way because um, Uh I feel like just living – making the choices each day that you think will benefit yourself in five years is probably the way Mm -hmm. to look at it instead
0: of Mm – true
1: making out like a plan for what it will be because I know if I keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing, then I'll eventually, You'll
0: get
1: there. I'll, I'll succeed with getting what I want out of what I'm doing. So, yeah. um, yeah. Cause I mean, ultimately like I've done a whole bunch of things I never thought would come true. You know, I just it's
2: <laughs> like,
1: I mean, really like playing the Grand Ole Opry, I, I can't believe that I've ever even done that once, you know? And and I just feel like, you know, your your music will eventually speak for you, I hope. And, yeah. you know, so so I'm just basically going to keep doing exactly what I'm doing now and being an independent artist and spitting out music and, you know, hope that it keeps carrying right. me down the same path I'm on now. And, you know, obviously I would love to travel
0: again very soon. Mm. <laughs> but, <laughs> that would be in there. <laughs> yeah. And, and and you know speaking of speaking of five years or even ten years, I've got a new question I've been asking that I kinda like. If you could meet your future self, what would you tell her? See everybody always asks the other way, past self. I wanna I wanna know what you would tell your future self.
1: Hmm, let me think about that. Meet my future self? Um I mean, I would say like, "Hey, you've done you've done good. Like, you did everything you said you were going
2: to do. You know, like you I, don't, I
1: don't take I don't take no for an answer very easily because I'm really hard headed,
2: uh-huh. and I feel like that kind of
1: benefits me. Hard head and thick skin, like those are the things that you need in this business, I guess. And um, I think I've got both. I've been told no so many times. I don't know how to, you know, see mm-hmm. straight. Really, I can't see mm-hmm. straight. I've been told no so many times, but." But then mm-hmm. if somebody tells you no, then, like, okay, well, cool, <clears throat> bye. And then you move on, you know, to your next next thing, you know. And so,
2: yep. mm-hmm. again,
1: mm-hmm. I, I'm old enough, and I've been through the ringer enough to know that, like, you know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm and I'm
0: yeah.
1: relatively, you know, a decent person, and I think that good things happen to good people. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying, like, oh, I'm a great person, but mm-hmm. I try to be good person, and I try to be nice to people, and I try to, you know, help people when I can, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's some, I I think it's great when, when young girls, there's a couple of girls that I just am absolutely head over heels in love with, you know, there's this girl, mm-hmm. um, Caitlin Butts, and a girl, Callie Fry, and I'm just in love mm-hmm. with both of their attitudes, they're just,
2: yeah. they're
1: young, they're in their mm-hmm, 20s, mm-hmm. And it's like, so... So pretty and so talented and so sweet and like I'm like girl y'all have it together way more than I have it together now and <laughs> when I was but, um, but like for some reason they they tell me you know like we we like what you're doing or I don't know like why anyone would even think that what I'm doing is on this good not good like that like I'm saying like I am a Space cadet with a lot of stuff, you know what I mean, and so um, <laughs> I always around with, with those people when they ask for advice and go, "Well, I don't know why you're asking me that because I still have no clue what I'm doing."
2: But but
0: if it's you think that I'm going true, there because I'm my to next question,
1: yeah, I'll be glad to impart any knowledge that you think that I have on you, um, and then you'll probably never ask me again. So. <laughs> And, and,
0: and, you know, you're going to laugh at what my next question is. So I'll go on and say it. It, Let's say you had a friend of yours, like you were just saying. You heard him or her sing, and they were really good. They had something special. And let's say this would be pre-COVID advice. Let's say that they are – gotten on that stage, and they've played maybe 30 shows. They're still getting their feet wet with that front, but they've gotten on that stage. They got what every artist says, that stage bug. They looked over the crowd, crowds cheering. They know that they're in the right place. They come to you and they say, Sonny, um, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them in the next two, three, four years? Um,
1: well, they need to play as many shows as humanly possible. I mean, like, there were gigs that I did. I mean I would play in Mexican restaurants, I would play in grocery stores, I played oh, in wow. the freaking Walmart <laughs> once. I mean like I played in in the I'm not joking when I say this. I played in the bra section in Walmart for a promotion one time. <laughs> not even kidding. Oh, um, wow. <laughs>
2: and,
1: you know like I just think like playing shows and getting your feet wet and knowing how to like mm-hmm. especially as a mm-hmm. woman knowing how to set up a sound system and owning your own sound system and lugging it in and out of mm-hmm. clubs and, you know, doing the, getting paid by some of the, you know, late night bar owners can be interesting, <laughs> you know, especially starting out and, but having to do all that. And it makes you realize, you know, that, that you, I can do, I can literally do every thing that my male peers can do. You know, I, I didn't yeah. ever want mm-hmm. to be like, I didn't want to have a pickup band and be like, oh, can y'all help me load in my gear? Like, you know, my guys <laughs> now are, my guys are very helpful and they load in my gear because they are sweet and they are kind, but they mm-hmm. don't have to do it. They do it because they are yeah. kind. They're kind people. Um, But I'm fully capable of doing it and I'm fully capable of, you know, booking shows and I'm fully capable of, you know, managing myself, which I didn't do that great mm-hmm. of a job at, according to my manager, <laughs> but that's he's a good. Guy. But, <laughs> but, um, but I can do it. And I, I loaded in my gear. I ran my own sound. I got paid by the bar, you know, and had to go in the back of bars with, you know, guys to get paid, you know, like, and I did all the stuff, you know? And so that's what I feel like benefited me the most. And, learning mm-hmm. to hold down a hold down a a I used to play for 5 hours you know and and I thought that was just kind of what you do and you know now I do <laughs> the most I do just like 90 minutes we do more of like a show oh. instead of, we started out doing you know 45 minute
2: sets and we would do 5 of them you know <laughs> and wow. you know
1: it was all night all night and but again <laughs> there'd be sometimes you the, the crowd would turn well, the, the crowd would turn over and there would be points where there was literally the bartender. That's it. <laughs> so you're still playing a show like there's people there, but it's the bartender, you know, yeah. or one guy mm-hmm. or my mom, and Donna, or, you know. And then when people started showing up to my gigs that weren't my mom and Donna and my stepdad and, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, am I doing something right? This is working like random people <laughs> are showing up again and again at my shows. <laughs> what? Wow.
0: and you and you said earlier about the the you don't take no i bet there are pr companies that almost hate me because when i ask for like a bigger artist and they can't do it now (laughs) two three weeks later i'm like can you do it now (laughs) (laughs) i'm "I'm on them
1: (laughs) never listen you never know until you ask that's the way that i look at it
2: so yep, I guess I, ask, I just I, I don't
0: ask everybody.
2: care if people no. I asked no, for like... Taylor
0: Swift. I oh, just asked for Taylor Swift recently. And, and she said yeah. right now, Taylor, she didn't say no. She said her, her publicist said that she's not taking no interviews right now for this new album. And I'm like, oh, my God, she didn't say no. <laughs>
2: wow.
0: <laughs> wow, that's great.
1: <laughs> so. I mean, you know I, Taylor is a, I mean, she's amazing. I'm not even kidding. Like, we were on the same label for a while, and she, <laughs> you know, clearly is a ginormous star. I mean, just ginormous, yeah. world, mm-hmm. massive star. And that woman, and she's got
0: a way with words.
1: And not even that. She would sit down and and like face to face, see my face, ask questions about like she oh, uh... she good good person like i i will i will fight anyone on that you know people will say what say. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you know but she is a wonderful human being like i truly truly believe that and a sweetheart that is awesome. and, yeah i mean she's great she's great and she's inspired think think of all the kids that want to do music because of her and that's like the yeah but there's the a lot of them oh yeah there's do. a lot yeah so Anyway, I think So as we great. come to our last
0: question here, um, and we'll let you get back to what you were doing. Um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Hmm.
1: know, but your questions are all really good. I do like – I will tell you well, that. You. All your questions – yeah, you have, like, interesting questions. You're not like, so tell me about your influences. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> –
0: uh, we, like so to we try that. to make our show different we, we try yeah, to make it different and a conversation not just an interview yeah right.
1: no i'd much rather do it like an inter, like you know this like a conversation um a question mm-hmm. i wish you would ask um let me think i would think um i don't know you kind of covered everything but
0: um, I, I love to hear that now
1: I mean, I think you did. Like, I don't know. I would say ask about, like, what I did for my spare time, but I don't really have any, and you already asked that anyway. So, um, <laughs> and what if and you know what's
0: funny? And what's funny is we've actually built our show around this question. That's kind of why we've gotten these we questions. Like, In fact, um, I remember about 60, 70 interviews back, um, we asked oh, yeah. that question. I can't even remember who it was, but it was a girl. And she was like, I just wish somebody would ask me what's quirky about me. Oh, uh, we was like, "Oh, we love that one." That's been in on uh, because best of the We've had some crazy that. answers on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'd
1: say, you know, one thing you could Okay, here's one. Ask me what kind of ask me what kind of wine I drink.
0: What kind of wine do uh, okay. you Okay. <laughs> um,
1: okay, the kind of wine I drink versus the kind of wine that I can afford are two separate answers. <laughs> So if Got it. anyone if anyone's listening and wants to send wine <laughs> Um <laughs> I drink I do love actually I do truly love Trader Joe's. Do you all have the Trader Joe's there? Mm. You do, don't you? Yeah, Trader yeah. Joe's two Yeah. Two Buck truck, the Chardonnay. I love theirs. Um but my favorite white wine is um La Crema Chardonnay.
0: So okay. that's the answer. Love that. Okay. You know, we really enjoyed having you on on the show today. We did. We look forward to having you back down the road, too, because this will be an interview we'll remember. (laughs) Yes.
1: so much. I appreciate you all very much.
0: Um, Thank you for your time. And you have a blessed day today.
1: Hey, you all, too. And are you all going to hang? Are we live still, or is this off?
0: This is live.
1: Oh, we're still Still live. live. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Hi. Uh, (laughs) I was just uh, going to tell you. I was going to tell you something off I'll, the air when I'm, so, all right. Thank y'all. I,
0: I can, I can text you real quick. Okay. Yeah. cool. That'll work. Uh, all all right, right. Sounds good. appreciate Later.
3: it. Later. Bye. I Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.